a bit of a, a tradition at the moment of, of damaged female protagonists. Mm. But what is it about this story, do you think, that's really struck a chord with everyone? Because it is a phenomenal success. Yes. Uh, well, it's difficult to say. Um, and if I knew exactly, I would just kind of do the same thing again. <laughs> but um, I think there's that, that sort of voyeuristic impulse that Rachel has, everybody has that. So that's something that everyone can kind of tap into. Um, but I think she's also, she's, a, she's an unusual protagonist. She's not what we're used to seeing. You say there are these damaged women out there, but we're not used to seeing a female alcoholic as the you know the heroine of a book so um i think i was a part part of it is luck as you say this is a genre that's doing really well at the moment there's lots of great people writing in this genre so i think people have a great appetite for that and an appetite for stories about you know lives that as as we mentioned are recognizable to us that aren't divorced from us and while it's fun to read about spies and serial killers and that kind of thing, those things hopefully touch wood are very distant from us, whereas the sort of domestic suspense is much more real and in, in that way, I think, um, quite a bit more frightening. Mm. And so when it comes to thinking about how you follow up this, mm -hmm. are you taking the same principles? Well, I'm, it's another, I'm writing another psychological thriller and it is... I, it's, <laughs> It is also, yes, um, about just people living ordinary lives and where relationships go wrong and how they go wrong. That's the sort of things that I'm interested in. So, yes, again, it is very much rooted in the everyday and then something extraordinary happens to somebody and then we see how everyone reacts under pressure. About women again? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the central relationships, the central relationship in this one is actually between sisters, um, a very cobbled, you know, family relationship, um, which is which is fun to explore. So um, I'm, I'm again talking quite a bit about memory as well as, and but specifically about memories of childhood and how we, you might remember things very differently to your siblings, you know, as similar as the same incident, but you have a completely different um, take on it. Those and those, but those things become very much a part of you and a part of your identity. So, where do you think this interest in memory comes from? I, do, I find memory fascinating. I think I've always had that fascination with it it's because it it goes our memories go to make up who we are it's everything about what we believe and we trust them so implicitly and yet often we misremember things terribly i've had this experience where i've you know recounted a story and my mother would say to me but you weren't there that day you haven't you've heard about it or you've seen a photograph of it but you weren't actually there kind of appropriate yeah and i could have sworn i was there yeah. so um yeah i find that really interesting there's a book that i read recently called the memory illusion by uh, julia shaw that talks about exactly that oh, right, okay. I will. um it's about false memory essentially yeah, it's really yeah. interesting um you must feel under a tremendous amount of pressure Yes, I do. Um, obviously, this book is the one I'm writing now. Is, is people are waiting for it in a way that they weren't waiting for the girl on the train. People are interested in what I'm writing now. So yes, there's that pressure. But as I keep saying, you've just got to you've got to put that aside and just get on with writing the best book you can write. That's what I'm just trying to do. And at the moment, now I'm in the writing part of it. That's okay. I can just focus on on the words and the and the plot and the characters. Once it's I know that come publication time, I'm going to be terrified. But at the moment, you know, it's still mine. I can still hide away. And do you share your ideas with someone close? Um, mostly I speak to my agent. And she and I have worked together a long time. And she's an agent who's very editorially involved. We discuss the ideas all the time. She's always my first reader. She's the person I go to. Um, I don't like to share things too widely because I think you it's too easy to to get too much feedback if you know what I mean and that can distract you so yeah what an inspiration you are for other writers who may have been struggling a bit and then suddenly have their moment what advice do you give to someone in that position before the girl on the train 
Um, I mean, it's difficult because the only thing you can say is just keep at it. And But I know how, how close I came to, to chucking in the towel. So, you know, it, it's very dependent on your circumstances. For some people, it's not it's not an option to keep at it. But I do think that if your story's in there and if you really, really believe in that story, then you ha- you kind of have to get to the end of it. You have to push to the end of it, even if just for yourself. And are there unfinished manuscripts, undeveloped ideas that are lying around? Oh, so many. <laughs> I started dozens and dozens of novels in my 20s and early 30s, I think. Um, yeah, so they're all la- languishing on hard drives. And some, some of those ideas I will no doubt return to and some of the characters I might pluck out of there. But um, yeah, I'm I've, I've starting things all the time. Is there someone or something in the back of your mind that you think, aha, that's novel I, number three? Or? Yeah, there's one that might be novel number three. There's definitely one that... You, I think you have certain ideas that keep pushing themselves to the fore. Yeah. And that, that, that seeing something from a commute was one of those ideas. Yeah. And Rachel was one of those characters. So I think... It,